Ooh, I feel the love. <laughs> That's a different kind of love. <laughs> John was talking about the, uh, the principle of multiplication. And uh, earlier I was, I was thinking how this plays out sometimes in unexpected ways. The other day, uh, <laughs> I was telling uh, Isabel, my eight-year-old, all about the, the wonders of the scriptures and, and asked her, you know, who in the scriptures do you think is the wisest or that, that knew the most? And, and what do you think the answer to that would be? Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> Speaking from Daniel. <laughs> and she paused and she kind of wondered. <laughs> I was like, well, Abraham knew a lot. <laughs> so Abraham knew a uh, lot. <laughs> and in that same kind of way that you guys just didn't did, she just kind of had this look of like, And she's asked before, like, Dad, how do you come up with these jokes? And, and so she, uh, I told her that in our kitchen. And Elizabeth was getting lunch ready with the girls uh, outside. And <laughs> so Isabel, <laughs> she, she went outside and multiplied the joke. And Elizabeth's there. <laughs> she's hearing it. She's listening. And then she just kind of looks up. And she looks into the glass in the window where I am. She's like. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's so fun. You guys, uh, every one of you, you're so pleasing to the Lord. That the Father is so pleased with you. Whenever he sees you, he... He sees his delight. Every one of you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, there's this chapter on the power of intimacy and how we need to protect it, uh, you know, in, in the physical sense and the sexual sense. And then there's this verse in 17 where Paul says, But anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. The Lord is pleased with you. The Lord delights in you because you have joined yourself with Jesus. At his baptism, y'all know the story, Jesus came into the water and was baptized by John and <laughs> this is the Jordan River. And in Jordan means judgment, you know. In the Old Covenant, the people of Israel who by faith stepped into those same waters, those waters were rolled back all the way to a town called Adam. You can read that in the scriptures. And so judgment was rolled back all the way to Adam. And they came in and they didn't get wet because the waters had rolled back and they came into the promises of God through their faith. 
Jesus goes into the waters of judgment. And he pops out, and he's innocent. This is the, the son of God. Perfect God, perfect man coming up out of the waters. And he hears this. You are my son, in whom is all my delight, or is my great pleasure. Friends, you are a treasure to the Father. He delights in you. He is so pleased with you today. Jesus came out of these waters. He went into judgment. He went to a place, some would say, some have said that it was the exact same place, potentially, where they crossed over into the promised land long ago. And so in the mind of the, the Hebrew, the Israelite at that time, they knew all this stuff was there. And they knew that you know, the, the waters receded and then they came back. Jesus goes in and he comes out, innocent and pure. At the same time, this river, Jordan, it flows north to south into the Dead Sea if it keeps on going on. And so another way of describing this scene is that Jesus also entered into the valley of the shadow of death. It was the lowest point. It's the lowest point in the whole world. The Dead Sea is lower than any place on earth. It, has, it actually has a second ozone layer because of that. He entered into those waters that ended up leading to death. And he pops out, and the Spirit of God comes upon him at that moment, coming up out of judgment. Hearing the voice of the Father, this is my Son coming out of judgment, in whom I'm well pleased. You have joined your spirit to this one who's innocent and who's pure. The Father is pleased with you. You are innocent. You are pure. His delight is in you. You have been through the valley of the shadow of death. These last months, have they not been a valley of the shadow of death? Up out of this rises up a Savior, a man just like you and I. Out of this time rises up a bride. <clears throat> Jesus then, and I'm using the book of, book of Luke, the book of Luke, of Luke, <laughs> the book of Luke, <laughs> about the, uh, the, the first half of the book or so, maybe first 40%, out of the waters, Jesus begins to perform his miracles. He begins to show the people of history what the kingdom of the Father is really like. You know, he begins to bless people with forgiveness. Right at the very beginning there in Luke 2, or Mark 2, he says, I have forgiven you. That person wasn't asking for forgiveness. He didn't come for repentance. He came for healing because he was crippled. And Jesus looked at him and said, you're forgiven. What did he do for that? Nothing. Literally nothing. And the religious people, they got upset about this. They said, who are you to forgive sins? He says, well, just to show you that it's real, get up and walk. This is the kingdom of our God. He is full of mercy. And then he, he shows people what the, the tenderness of God looks like, what the kindness of God looks like. He continues to, to show the, the miracles of God everywhere he goes. He continues to remain in a place of innocence and purity out of the waters of judgment 
comes this one in who all the delight of the Father is in. And what does it look like to walk in the delight of God himself? Look at Jesus. And this season, you and me, all of us, we have been besieged, you know, with all kinds of stuff that are going on. And before we take another step out of whatever waters we're in, we need to know that we know that we know that we are pleasing to the Father. You are pleasing to the Father. His delight is in you. As this hits your heart, what comes out is really profound for you. You need to take stock of that. If it's hard to believe, ask why. And then throw it away. <laughs> you have been united with Jesus and the Spirit. And there's nothing that can separate you from that. You're pure. You're innocent. And so Jesus, he showed what the kingdom of heaven is like. He comes out of the water and the Holy Spirit manifests on him externally like a dove. The dove is innocence. Be as innocent as a dove. So everywhere Jesus went, the innocence, the delight of God was upon him. Did you know that you're innocent? Did you know that the spirit of innocence rests upon you? That his delight is in you, as you are right now. And you say, no, 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 no. What I did last night, last week, look at my, how my, my business is turning out. Look at my kids. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't care what you say. <laughs> the Lord says that he delights in you. Amen. That he's pleased with you. Now, you're innocent. Maybe today, you know, you didn't feel it. You woke up anxious or burdened or whatever it might be. There's so many things that are being placed on us in these days, on all of us, everybody. You know, the, the mountain of, you know, accusation of all that stuff, the oppression, is, it's just on everybody. It's just, we can feel it. All judgment was on Jesus. He rose out of those waters, delighted in and innocent. So today, when you came here this morning, when you in some way said yes to Jesus. You know, if you were led to during a worship during that time or any way that you just like, yes, if it's a mustard seed, just know that you are innocent. You're clean. The, the judgment of the waters are gone now. You can come out of those. The first half of Luke or so, you know, it, it's Jesus revealing what this kingdom is like because he's gonna introduce a new covenant because he wants us to know what it's like to come out of the same waters and then to exhibit the same kingdom everywhere we go. And maybe around that time in Luke, around chapter 9, he starts talking about his death that was to come. And then we have the scene of the transfiguration in Luke chapter 9. And in that, we see that Jesus has gone up to a mountaintop. Now, where do waters or rivers typically originate. You know, there's rain, we know that, but where did these tributaries and streams normally come from? You know, high places, right? Up, up there. And so Jesus goes up to a high place. It was, you know, considered like the highest place around. You know, there could have been other high places, but in the, the mind of the Hebrew, the high place was considered the place where you encounter God. It was a place where in the Hebrew history they had always encountered God. So Jesus goes up to this place and there he begins to pray. 
And how many you know, of you guys know that you know, what you pray to really matters a lot and reveals your actions, reveals what's going on. At the very beginning of his ministry, we see these signs and wonders, these miracles, this kindness, this tenderness, this gentleness, this lowliness, this meekness, this innocence, walking the earth. Truth finally revealed so that people can see and be like, that's what our father's like and that's what I'm like for the first time with clarity. <laughs> so Jesus prays. Maybe he was on his knees. I don't know. Peter and John were there. And they hear him praying to the Father, and then his entire clothing, his entire being, more accurately, shines like a sun, like a star, like a bright light that could be seen from miles away. So out of him comes the light of the world, and this light is the life of man, so that all can see by. Who is he praying to? How many of you guys know that what you worship matters? Who you worship matters? What you're praying right now matters a lot. And so here on this high place, Jesus is revealing where his heart was and whose his heart was. Because out of the high place comes waters that trickle down and give life or judgment and death. And so he was starting a new humanity on top of that mountain, coming up out of the depths at the lowest place on earth, coming up to the very highest place and showing what it's really like if you walk with the Father, with a clean heart. And on that place at that same time, Matthew says, is recorded, this is my son in whom is all my delight. Luke records, this is my son, the chosen one. And both say, listen to his words. So towards the end of his ministry, because from this point forward, he's heading to Jerusalem to die on a cross. From this point forward, he is going to be facing the tribulation of all oppression, of all sin, of all mankind on his back and shoulders. Where does strength come from? This is my son. This is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. We have some work to do, friends. We have cities to change. We have the nations calling for the delight of the son of God. What do you need to hear today? The father's pleased with you. You're innocent. You are clean. You have attached yourself in the spirit to the one named Jesus, whose kingdom has been established, settled, permanent, done, forever. He has destroyed the works of the devil and therefore death and therefore fear. The one thing that could hold anybody back would be fear, but all forms of death, death to image, death to validation, death to loneliness, death to your body, all those things have been taken care of because he defeated the devil. And so we see in him who we are as we see him as he really is. And this is who he really is. He is delightful to the Father, just as you are. Do you know how to enter into that revelation? Believe that you're innocent. <laughs> Believe that you're pure. That's it. <laughs> Believe that you're forgiven, that you're clean. Did you know that you're forgiven? You know, Jesus came back, and the first thing he told his disciples was his very first commandment. After everything he had done, he said, I've given you now essentially the ministry of forgiveness, of reconciliation. What you forgive on earth will have been uh, forgiven on earth. What is not, what is withheld, will be withheld. <laughs> How many people need to hear, hey, you're forgiven today? That you're reconciled with the one who delights in you. Receive his delight. 
receive his innocence. There's a fire on this, guys. Do you feel that? This is the gospel. This is our savior. This is our Jesus. Goes up to the high place, and at that place trickles down from therefore waters that will always lead now to life. And this is the ministry today. This morning, Elizabeth was, uh, she was watering some outdoor plants, and she <clears throat> turned on the spigot, and the spigot somehow is not working. It, it came out of the, the, the brick wall underneath the house, and it's, it's right now on. It can't be turned off. Friends, FedEx showed up at our front door. <laughs> Did you guys see what's happening? Now is the time. What do you need to get out and go? You need to hear that the Father is pleased with you. <laughs> Receive and go and tell. Show it. The Spirit's already resting on you. He's here with that. This is the message that we give. This is the signs. The point of the signs is the point to this. Oh, this is good. Jesus comes down on the mountain in Luke 9, and he tells his disciples, you know, in verse uh, 44, let these words sink in. The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. And they don't fully understand what's going on, but they begin to feel that, or sense, or understand somehow that, you know, he's going to be left. This is how I see it. And then they begin to argue amongst themselves, who is the greatest among us? Yeah, it makes sense. Like, all right, well, who's going to lead this bunch? You? No, it's going to be me. No, I'm going to be like, I'm going to do it. No, no, I'm going to do it. And so they begin to see, all right, well, if, if he should go, well, you know, and they, they don't really understand this, so this probably isn't exactly what they were thinking. But nonetheless, within them, they were wondering, who amongst us is the greatest? <clears throat> Revelation of the Son of God on the highest mountaintop. Disciples, I'm the greatest. <laughs> it's so funny. But his response is great. But Jesus, knowing the thoughts in their hearts, took a little child and had him stand next to, to him, to Jesus. You know, my eight-year-old Isabel, uh, you know, she's Isabel Grace, so grace upon grace. And, and she looks up at me, and she looks up at, at, at Elizabeth, and she trusts us. Oh. That hit me. So she looks up, and she's got these eyes of innocence, and I know that what I speak to her is going to impact her marriage one day. I, I know that how I, I treat her and how I treat her mother, how I, how I reveal my, my heart as tenderly as I can to her is going to impact the way that she mothers. It's going to be the way that she's able to withstand the, the trials that's going to face her one day. You know, how is she going to face this world of violence and oppression? You know? And, and so she looks at me like my daughters do. You know, Charlotte, all of them. And the fear of God hits me because I see who they are. I see that they're going to really take what I'm saying seriously. And so Jesus pulls to this child in front of all these people. This is a vulnerable child looking up at Jesus, whose innocence personified, looking down at this one. It says, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. Forever is least among you. This one is great. Yeah. Who is the greatest ever? Jesus. And so who is the least among all of us? In whatever ways the world would see as being least. Humble. Vulnerable. I can be hurt by me. He wept. In, in today's times, 
How comfortable are you weeping with a brother or sister who's in pain? Or maybe that you've hurt. How, how delightful are you in the Lord that you could share your own hurts to another and know that the Father receives and they can maybe receive as well and you can build bridges that way. You know, how full of the light of Jesus are you that you can become humble, that you can become tender, that you can be the lowliest of lowly and give people rest because you see them as they are. You see them as pleasing to the Father. You know, Elizabeth and I, we, we've been married almost 15 years now. Yes. And, <laughs> and, uh, and when she looks at me and she's pleased at me, oh, man, it's the best feeling. It brings peace to our house. It brings peace to me. She knows me well. But if I were to tell her all the thoughts that go through my, my head and mind throughout the whole day, we, we wouldn't have time in a week to discuss those things. And so she knows me well, but there's only one who sees me fully. I, I genuinely want people to be pleased with me, not in an unhealthy, people-pleasing kind of way, but because there's love in me, and, and as John would say, you know, as these words abide in you, our joy will be complete. It, it feels good when brothers dwell together in unity. And so... Jesus sees perfectly. There is a judge who knows your hearts, your thoughts, knows all of who you are. And he says, I'm so pleased with you. You delight me. All he's asking is to continue to look up at him, continue to follow, continue to say yes. Yeah. You know, every day. Uh, you know, when, when she's not pleased with me, which is like never, you know, <laughs> rare. <laughs> You know, the, the home isn't what it could be, you know, and, and that doesn't feel good. Internally, whether or not we recognize or not, you know, uh, how we view God affects our home inside, our belly, you know, our rest, our peace. John, Jesus tells us in John 14 that when we abide in Jesus, when his words abide in him, when you meditate on him, when we, we listen to his voice, when we obey him and follow him, God the Father and the Son make their home in us. Make their home in you. You're a home of God, according to Jesus. Oh, that's amazing. You are pleasing to the Father. He delights in you. He's at rest in you. He's been at rest since the seventh day, and he's always invited us into rest because that's where he is. You want to know where revelation is and wisdom is? It's in rest. If there's places that are restless in us, those are invitations to greater intimacy. So when we find it, and there's unrest everywhere right now, find how that unrest hits you. If it causes unrest, Find out where, how. Ask the Lord to bring rest to it. And then suddenly you'll have an answer to that unrest. If there's problems that are affecting you, you know, let it affect you in the sense that it, it brings you to Jesus. Once you enter back into rest with him, you'll have the answer for that problem that 
brought out to begin with. That's where wisdom begins from. That's where wisdom comes from. That's where revelation comes from. That's where Jesus is. Uh, rest, restfulness, as I also understand the Hebrew understanding of it, um, it's, a, it's an enjoyment. And so he enjoys all of creation. So there's playfulness. So I, I, for me, rest and play are synonymous. You know, it, make work fun, you know. But with my daughters, like, and with Elizabeth, I, it's just fun to play. It's just fun to, to play together with my friends. Like, it, it's just fun to play. That's the heart of the Father. That's why he worked, so that we could play. And so I, I, these are serious times that require us to play. This is wisdom for now, is playfulness. We're, we're, you know, we, we grieve with those who grieve into playfulness because we've been reconciled with God who says, I delight in you. You're pleasing to me. When it's easy to look out, if you look at <laughs> too much of the news, and say, well, it just seems so violent and oppressive and angry. I don't know how to enter into that. Great, just enter into it. Create the conversations with asking the good questions until innocence comes out. What is your real heart in this? What, what is really behind all this? Like, ask those questions. Y'all can do this. Sit with it for long enough until two innocent hearts who delight, or who are delighted in, show person delight, you know? Let them know that they're delighted in so that their, their rest is restored. You know, if I know that Elizabeth is at peace with me and delights in me, yeah, I can do, I can have, I can have a good day. If, I, if there's a friend of mine that I know is having a hard time, if I just show them delight, well, you don't understand. I don't. But I'm here to tell you that the one in me does. He delights in you. Let me show you that and see if that can de-escalate some of the stuff going on so that you can find peace. Because once there's peace and rest, then there's wisdom and revelation. Somebody sees. Somebody hears. Somebody really knows. And so this is the, this is the call for our time. This is the message that we go outside the doors with. We exhibit it with all kinds of signs and wonders. Jesus on top of the mountain fully revealed the Father. You are on top of that mountain with Jesus. You have been in the waters as well. No matter if you're on the heights or the depths, either one, you are delighted in by Jesus. You are full of the Holy Spirit, and everywhere you go, you bring that light with you. You shine like stars in the sky, the scriptures say. You cannot be stopped. And so friends, these last you know, four months, whatever. I think we started out, kind of John was alluding to, you know, just, just trying to get our, our head on straight. <laughs> just trying to figure out, what are we doing? What's going on? And there was a lot of internal work that was going on. That's good. That's repentance. Like, that we're always going to be in repentance, you know. But there was a need for the, the, the cleansing to happen. And I feel there's a shift. Yeah? So you have received. Well done. You, you are pleasing to the Father. And just like the second time before he went to the hard stuff, he needed to hear it again. You need to hear it now. He's so pleased with you. You're his daughter. He, he delights in you. He treasures you. Oh, and then we go. This is what we carry. This is what you carry. This is what you can give away with a, a glance in your eyes or just look in someone in the eye for a long time. Let him know, oh, you're delighted in by the Father. Oh, if you know this Jesus, he delights in you so much. Make him feel uncomfortable with it. Yes. (sighs) 
this is, Jordan alluded to something in our entry, in our, uh, that, that this is an act of will. He said that, you know, we, uh, the, the, we rejoice, sorry, that the joy of the Lord, there's the joy of the Lord, and then we rejoice in the Lord. You said it better than I did. Um, it is an act of the will. We have to make a conscious decision to partner with what God's doing. We, we can get taken along, you know, by the wind, and it's great. Um, by the way, to, you know, to, to catch the wind is to, to have hope. So you lift up your hope, and then wind comes and it blows you in that direction. But you have, you know, so Psalm 131, I'm going to close with this. So this is David. Remember David, he had entered into the, the tabernacle, the sanctuary. He had entered into the delight of the Father a long time ago through his constant worship and dependency on Jesus. <clears throat> he says in Psalm 131, Lord, and this is for you, um, I, I firmly believe that when Jesus read the scriptures, he knew that this was his heart that was being formed and revealed. And so as you read, you know, words that'll say, this is my heart, blah, blah, you know, this is your heart. Take it as it's yours. This is the Father speaking to you. This is who you are. This is the Spirit inspiring the Word of God in this case. Lord, my heart is not proud. Enter into that. Say, yes, God. My eyes are not haughty. I do not get involved with things that are too great or too difficult for me. Friends, everyone of us has a grace for some things, but not all things. I'm not in the Oval Office. Sometimes, you know, oh, if I could just be there, I'd say this, and that's what happened, and, and, and then I begin to feel kind of like this. No, I mean, that's not God. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be there. That, that's not my grace. That, and I need to be reminded that I have a grace. You know, I, I've got a daughter. I've got a wife. I've got, you know, a church. I, th that's my grace. And then as the Lord leads otherwise, certainly. But there are certain things, friends, that are too difficult for you to carry. And the reason why things are heavy is because you're trying to. Selah. <laughs> Instead, I've calmed and quieted myself by an act of the will, like a little weaned child with its mother. And I'm like a, a little child. And, and, you know, if you've ever seen little babies that, uh, <laughs> that they, they rest in their mother when they're older, when they're younger, and they're just calm because they know that they're going to be taken care of. This has been the place of nurturance for years. They, can, they, they have stilled themselves. They have quieted themselves because they know they're good. Their mother delights in them. If you've ever seen the mother's eyes and you women in here, you've got them with or without kids anyway. So you've got mother's eyes that I, I could do no wrong in my mom's eyes. That, that's actually a fault of her somewhat. If she's listening, you know what I mean, mom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're good, David. Well, I did this. I don't care. I delight in you. I'm going to take care of you. That's, that's the power of this verse. That's the father speaking to you. That's who he is. He's like a, a wean, he's like a, a mother to us. See yourself like that. And receive that as an act of your will. Become still, become quiet, become at rest, like a child trusting in all things in the Father. And then lastly, it says in verse 3, Now Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forever. And so this has to do with our charge. Go out with hope, with this message that Jesus has given to all of you. You are the light of the world. Now is the time. So if I could say anything as, a, as an ending, it's you've got this. You've got this. The first thing that Jesus gave when he came up out of the grave 
with the power of the resurrection was peace. My peace I give to you. And peace settled in internally. So Jesus comes out of the water, external dove, innocence, but we see his heart in the second time that he was full of light, he worshiped the Lord, and then he reverses it. He first gives us peace with God. That light now is that we're delighted in by the Father, that we're one with him, we're pure and innocent, we're clean. And then comes the power of the Holy Spirit. My peace I give to you, and then my power I give to you. Enter into rest, and you'll receive power. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to pray for that. Is that good? All right. <laughs> oh, Father. Jesus, in this place right now, it is, it is so easy. It is so easy to know through and through that we are pleasing to you, that you delight in us. We're, we're in a vast multitude who agree with your word, who you are. Holy Spirit, I ask that you now deepen this word. I, I mean, I, I ask as a brother to all the folks here, as a pastor in their lives, with, with all the authority that I have, Lord, that you would take these words, which are yours, you delight in each person now, and fill them, renew their neurosynapses, God. Let their body release everything that had been stored up in opposition to this. Let them be healed as a result of hearing this, even now. Father, grant faith in this room to hear this, and to now take it and own it, now and forever, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, remove every impediment now. Father, I, I just, you are so jealous for your son's bride. I, I ask for a revelation of, of the jealousy, the zeal of the Father right now. And how you're going to protect these words in them. How they'll be forever knowing that they are delighted in by you, pleasing to you. And then they can give this away. Father, I ask for hope to raise up and rise up right now. Whereas before this may have felt like faith, I ask now it would become hope and then love. <laughs> Father, this is good. <clears throat> Jesus, I love you. Thank you so much for all that you did to remove all of our burdens by living a life of lowliness and meekness, by becoming imminently trustworthy, that you see every one of us, that you know every one of us by name and thought and deed. And because of our faith in you, we are pleasing to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you. Amen. Friends, you got this. Go in peace. Amen.